The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 5. South Dakota seemed like the perfect place to unplug. But I ended up connecting to the world around me. A world where each sunset was painted. Where I felt adventures pulse with every step. And where cold water trickling, pine swaying, and grunting bison became my favorite soundtracks. I just wish I didn't have to leave. There's so much South Dakota, so little time. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Come back! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morenci. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between throwing it down. The Friday Night Free Show has begun. The countdown continues. Let's do this thing. The National Football League Divisional Round set to kick off Saturday afternoon, 4.30 Eastern. We're breaking it down. Rob Vino is going to step up and in and kick it with us. Tony Finn joins us as well. The West Coast is the place uh, to be. As um, Francis Degano and Cyril Gone will go head to head Saturday night in Anaheim, California. We'll break that down uh, as well. As far as the line moves are concerned, things are starting to settle in uh, right now. Less than 24 hours away from kickoff, as the Cincinnati Bengals still get three and a half. The total remains 47 and a half. The San Francisco 49ers are getting five and a half right now. The total is also 47 and a half. Los Angeles Rams still getting a three spot, despite the fact that they're going to be without. Uh, Whitworth, and you know that's a significant um, injury to the offensive line uh, for the Los Angeles Rams. But you know he got injured. He got injured pretty early in the game on Monday night, and we we noted it at the time. We said, man, that 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 could come back and get them. I didn't realize it was going to be this significant, and uh, he's out of the lineup. Taylor Rapp's not playing either uh, for the Los Angeles uh, Rams. The Buffalo Bills getting one and a half, uh, total 53 and a half. Let's do this thing. We've broken down these games a lot. We've given you a lot of numbers. We've told you the Matt LaFleur is 9-0 straight up and against the spread coming off a loss. We've told you uh, the Matt LaFleur has never lost uh, back-to-back games in his NFL career uh, before. Uh, We've broken down the fact that the Cincinnati Bengals have never won a road game before in the playoffs. The Tennessee Titans, uh, Ryan Tannehill, is the first time he's laying points uh, as a favorite uh, in the postseason. Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, they're a trendy team uh, this week. Everybody's circling the wagons. Everybody loves the Buffalo Bills, yet Josh Allen has never won a playoff game on the road before either. All right, so there's a lot of um, there's a lot of tests that need to be passed for a lot of teams, 
And just because you're Tom Brady, you're still going to have to pass the test against the Los Angeles Rams team that have beaten you the two times since you've been uh, with the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers. Uh, Rob Vino going to throw it down with us. Straight from the strip in Las Vegas, Nevada. We're all about the strip uh, tonight. Tony Finn joins us from Area 51. And uh, and Rob Vino uh, kicks it with us straight from the strip in Las Vegas, uh, Nevada. It's a lot, a lot of NFL stuff uh, to get to. And, you know, at what point, you know what, I get it. Andy Reid's a good guy. You know what I mean? I'm not saying he is. It seems like a nice enough guy. But all this, you know, well, he's a great guy and they care about this and they care about that. They don't care about anything. Let's just be real. Kansas City Chief linebacker Willie Gay will play on Sunday, even though he got arrested earlier in the week. Now, I don't know what he did exactly. I wasn't there. But according to the police reports, I guess he smashed a vacuum cleaner. Um, He broke a cell phone screen protector, a humidifier. He smashed a wall and ripped a door off of its frame. Andy Reid says he's comfortable with him playing since he's found out more details. The Late Night Anger Management Class. It's Football and Fighting Friday. Let's do this thing. The Friday Night Freak Show has begun. I am Gable Morency. We're throwing it down. Sirius XM Channel 159, the mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Rob Vino's going to bat lead off uh, tonight. He'll join us in a couple of moments. We'll talk NFL playoffs. We'll get the party started with some NFL playoff talk. We are going to talk UFC 270. We'll focus in on the main event, the co-main event, and a couple of other fights. But this card is really sort of centered around around uh, the main event, and um, and it's going to be a wild atmosphere, all right? They've got a ton of Mexican fighters on the card, and it's going to be a wild scene uh, out there uh, in the OC on Saturday night. So we're going to talk, we're going to talk about, we'll get into the, uh, the, 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 the rematch. Well, it's a rematch, the third time these guys are fighting. Everyone's talking about Naganu and gone so much, and rightfully so. It's a badass. It's a cool fight. It's a cool fight, but Figueredo, um, you know, the Figueredo uh, fight, this this to me is an interesting fight that's kind of flying under the radar. People aren't talking about uh, this. And, you know, we all know about the first one was an all-time classic. Uh, you know, we know what happened in the second one. And now we've got the, the third one. And, and honestly, with, you know, with Moreno and Figueredo, I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up fighting a fourth time. Uh, but we'll get into this a little bit uh, later on. We're going to break it down, get into the UFC. But it's all about it's all about the grid uh, right now, and not sports grid. The grid iron countdown to kickoff is on. We're going to start to get into some of our props and share uh, our plays uh, with you as we're starting to put our our picks in our portfolio. Our props are starting to come together. You know, we talked about Julio Jones and uh, and Julio Jones. Um, you know, was not an impact player this year. He's got one touchdown on the year, but that's why there's value on Julio Jones uh, right now. I think Julio Jones can and will get into the end zone. We'll talk about the touchdown passing props. I think that Burrow and Tannehill both are going to go over one and a half touchdown uh, passes. There's going to be a lot of talent at the wide receiver position on the field tomorrow evening slash afternoon in Nashville, Tennessee. All right, the Los Angeles Lakers uh, victorious tonight, sort of. You know, I guess it was against the Orlando Magic, but it counts. And you know what? Good teams win, great teams cover. And the Los Angeles Lakers covered the number tonight. Now, speaking of great great teams and great players, well, Philadelphia is not a great team. Joel Embiid is a great player. 
This guy should go up on 40 tonight. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 5. South Dakota seemed like the perfect place to unplug. But I ended up connecting to the world around me. A world where each sunset was painted. Where I felt adventures pulse with every step. And where cold water trickling, pine swaying, and grunting bison became my favorite soundtracks. I just wish I didn't have to leave. There's so much South Dakota. So little time. Late night anger match for class continues. This is Fortridge. I am Gable Morenzi. We're throwing it down. Sirius XM Channel 159, a mightier 1090 ESPN radio countdown to kickoff is on. Let's bring in one of the best in the biz, one of our favorite uh, football guests, Mr. Rob Vino. Rob Vino, sports.com, wagertalk.com. Rob, always a pleasure. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. How you doing, Rob? I am doing good tonight, Gabe. How about yourself? Oh, I'm very excited. Uh, you know, I just can't stop thinking about the, the National Football League divisional round playoffs it's been distracting uh, for me as a buffalo bill uh, fan but i'm every bit as fired up uh, for the cincinnati Bengals and the tennessee titans to kick start uh, the party so let's jump uh, right in a lot of the facts and storylines have already been laid out throughout the week of guys that the cincinnati Bengals won their first playoff game in 31 years that the cincinnati Bengals uh, have never won a road playoff uh, game before oh and seven uh, in their franchise uh, history, there seems to be a lot of talk about the Bengals, the Bengals, the Bengals. Not so much about the Titans and what is about the Titans. It's more negative in which I, I think uh, pro football outsiders have, have, um, or I should say, uh, I think it's pro football focus and, and outsiders. All, all the numbers and the metrics and the DVOA, all that. Some of them are calling Tennessee the worst one seed ever. Well, I'll tell you what, um, if they're the worst one seed ever, I'd like to see the best uh, one seed ever because they're a tough football team to beat. Yeah, and they became the one seed with half an offense for two-thirds of the year, so um, that's not too bad in itself. I'll say this, Gabe. It, it was the first game I played this week. I played Tennessee, laid the three-and-a-half. Um, and I think the first question in the handicap for me where Tennessee and Green Bay were concerned as the number one seed was will the bye week help them or create rust? I mean, I know it's the 2020 hindsight question that we can always answer after the result is in, but trying to project it before, I think it helps Tennessee quite a bit. The Derrick Henry stuff has all been laid out, but beyond Derrick Henry, the left side of that offensive line, Roger Saffold, Taylor Lewan, second to last game of the year, they weren't even on the field. They got back on the field together the very last game when they clinched the number one seed. They've had time, much as Derrick Henry has, to get rested, to get healthy, um, to get ready for this particular game. And then 
where the wide receivers are concerned, let's face it, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones have not played a ton of time together this year, and they have also had, you know, all this time, these two weeks, the the um, final week of the season, to prepare, to get healthier, to get ready for this game. So that entire offense, to me, benefits, as does the game planning. Um, not that you know if you're going to play the Bengals or the Raiders during that bye week, but you can certainly prep for both and go over stuff during that week while they're facing each other. There's a lot of good to like about Tennessee there. I think there's two major matchups that you probably want to look at here. In my estimation, they favor Tennessee. First off, I think the Bengals' pass protection, you know, allowing 55 sacks of Joe Burrow this year, the kid gets hit often during football games. Tennessee's pass rush this year is one of the reasons why their defense has been better. Bud Dupree was a big um, offseason pickup for them. I think the pass rush might get there, especially if, Joe Mixon can't run the football. And I don't know about you, Gabe, but you watched that game last week against the Raiders, and you see they can't open holes for this guy. The last seven games of the year, Cincinnati, their rushing attack only averaged 84.9 yards per game. Tennessee's got the third-best run defense in the league. They've only allowed 90 yards or better three times out of 17 games. If you can't run it, it puts the complete onus on Joe Burrow and those receivers. And then Tennessee can pass rush you against an offensive line that gives up a lot of hits. I don't know. To me, that suggests Tennessee's got advantages on their defensive side. Offensively, I like their offensive line against Cincinnati's banged-up DL. God forbid Cincinnati has to pull eight up to stack the box, and it leaves Brown and Julio Jones open for one-on-ones. I think Tennessee's the right side here. At home, Nissan Stadium, bye week, I lead three-and-a-half. Rob Vino with us. And it's a good point that you raise as far as Joe Mixon is concerned. I'm a big uh, prop player, and Joe Mixon was one of the best touchdown prop uh, bets, uh, one of the best touchdown prop bets um, in 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 the league uh, this year. But as you stated, I, and I told people this, I said, listen, it's not as if though, it's not as if though this guy racks up 120 yards a game. Right. I mean, in fact, listen, he had a big game against uh, Pittsburgh uh, and he had a nice game against the Raiders and he had a big game against uh, Minnesota in week one. So he had 300 plus yard games. But, you know, he's more of that touchdown guy. They're not going to be able to have those sustained, sustained drives where they're running the ball. As you stated, those, the, the holes and the lanes close very quickly against the Raiders. Plus, Mixon's very beat up uh, as well. So I think they're going to have to throw the ball, which sort of leads us into the total, doesn't it? Well, I wanted to get your take on the total. And, you know, Tennessee's defense getting healthier uh, right now. And let's get into the coaching uh, matchup here with Mike Vrabel, a guy that's been there, that's done that. Uh, he's won big playoff games uh, before. Hell, he's won Super Bowls before as a player. Uh, but he's also coached, uh, you know, the Titans. Tannehill's played in four playoff games. These guys have tasted success and then have tasted the agony of defeat as well. They're a veteran playoff team. I like the coaching matchup here, Vrabel against Zach Taylor in this spot. Yeah, I don't think I could lay it out any better than that, Gabe. You said everything that needs to be said there. The experience factor firmly lays on Tennessee's side. Coaching staff, player personnel, um, been there, been through, as you mentioned, some victory, some defeat, the one in Kansas City a couple of years ago where they built the big lead, Hurts. But they're a team that's on the ascension. They're climbing for something further. Cincinnati's first time there. And I get it's a fun team to watch. There's no knock on Burrow in these, that receiving course, certainly not. But um, I just don't know that they're ready to go on the road here and defeat this team, which to me is more physical. You know, Cincinnati just doesn't strike me as physical enough at the point of attack on either side of the football to get this win. So unless Tennessee turns it over a bunch here, Gabe, and sets Cincinnati up, let's remember Cincinnati last week against the Raiders. Raiders had the worst 
red zone touchdowns allowed percentage in the NFL. Cincinnati runs out there and kicks four field goals and, and left the Raiders in the game the entire way. Raiders had a chance at the end of that because Cincinnati couldn't score touchdowns from point-blank range, first and goal, first and goal, field goal, field goal. And they pull that against Tennessee. That's not going to work. So, um, and again, I like the Titans. A couple of quick touchdown props uh, that I've been talking about. Uh, Boyd's got touchdowns in four straight games, guys. Everybody talks about everybody else on this team on the Bengals, but Boyd does have touchdowns in four straight games. And, you know, we had Teresa Walker on yesterday from the Associated Press. She covers uh, the Titans and talking about Julio Jones' health. Listen, Julio's not going to be the player that he once was in his in his full-out prime, but... Um, you know, they targeted him nine times in the last game of the year. He had five catches. Uh, he had his only touchdown of the year, and he is openly saying that this is as good as he's felt in a long time, and I, I believe him. So just for the record, you can get Julio Jones at plus 270 to score a touchdown as well. Rob, before we go to the break here, what about the total of this football game uh, sitting at 47.5? What's your opinion? Can we get there? Because I think we can. You know, I think you probably can, Gabe. Um I will say this. Let me break it down for you real quick here into numbers that have really um, turned into ticket cashers. Cincinnati, if you're playing their games first half over last 12 games of the year, you're 9-3. and three. The first halves in Bengals games have gone over consistently, and it changes in the second half. Their last five second halves in a row leading into this game have all stayed under. Where Tennessee is concerned, they're a second-half under team, 7-1-1 one one to the under. Last nine games, second-half play. Five and two last seven. So a little bit of division there. You can probably make money both ways. This sort of tells you that, you know, this thing, the technical trends say that they'll probably score a lot early and maybe flatten out late. I don't know that that applies, but um, things to follow if you do bet first and second halves. And there's a 23 and a half up on the board uh, for the first uh, half as far as the total uh, is concerned. Rob Vino with us. All right, we're up against it as far as the break, but I'll just sort of set the table here. I don't need to tell Rob this, and we've told you guys tuning in through the program uh, this week, but I don't know, maybe you just got out of Dale or you were in a coma or something like that. <laughs> but San Francisco, they were the only outright winners and underdog uh, last week. And we were on them. We love the Niners. We told you we love them. We had them on the money line. But, guys, teams in this spot, it's, you know, it's, it's a graveyard uh, here. The last 15 teams to win as an outright underdog in a wild card round are 1-14 straight up, all right, in the last nine seasons. So that's just a little bit of context there for the Niners and what they're up against going into Lambeau on Saturday night. We'll break it down with Rob Vino and more on the other side. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 5. South Dakota seemed like the perfect place to unplug. But I ended up connecting to the world around me. A world where each sunset was painted, where I felt adventures pulse with every step, and where cold water trickling 
pine-swaying and grunting bison became my favorite soundtracks. I just wish I didn't have to leave. There's so much South Dakota, so little time. The late night anger management class. This is Fortridge. I am Gable Brentsy. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the Rob Vinos, and everybody else in between. Countdown to kickoff is on. We're throwing it down to Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 159 on the Mothership, the Sports Grid Radio Network. So we got we got San Francisco and uh, and Green Bay, and you know I'm ready for this football game, and then I see Aaron Rodgers is calling out Joe Biden. It never ends with this guy. Every day he's calling somebody out. Right? Every every damn day, it's always something new, and it's rarely about football. But nevertheless, uh, here we go right now. I, you know I, I've said this all along. I think Aaron Rodgers is like having fun trolling everybody. He seems to, like, create these sort of villains in his own mind, and he's the victim every week, and, you know, and then he's got a chip on his shoulder and, and all that, but it's been working for him. So all kidding aside, as far as this football game is concerned, Rodgers is 0-3 uh, against the San Francisco 49ers in the playoffs, and that's his hometown team as well. There were reports, guys, about, like, being some real bad blood uh, between Shanahan and LaFleur now, who were good friends and very, very close. Uh, but I guess San Francisco actually reached out to Rodgers behind the scenes when they found out that Rodgers, you know, with the drama about going back to Green Bay, and I guess they looked at it like good friends and like, you know, you're hitting on my wife or something type of deal. Like, I guess it, it was really like it left a bad taste in everybody's mouth. They don't like each other uh, right now coming into this game. Nice storylines, fun game. I brought up that San Francisco trend that they're up against as far as teams that win as a uh, as an underdog in a wild card round losing the the following week. What do you make of this one, Rob? Or is the number too high? What's your opinion? Yeah, well, we're lucky. The point spread is always the great equalizer, so you don't have to bet them straight up. If you like the Niners of five and a half, that's a pretty sizable number. Um, I will say this, Gabe. I personally like under in this game. Played under forty-seven and a half. Feel like both of the defenses have advantages here. Again, we won't get into this cold weather stuff. I, I hear it again this week. Oh, Jimmy Garoppolo has never played in below 40 degrees. And, you know, last week they tried to convince us that Josh Allen sucks in cold weather and he goes out and throws. Wasn't Jimmy G on the Patriots, too, forever? I get he wasn't a starter, but the guy lived in Boston and practices with Belichick outdoors for seven years. <laughs> Whatever the hell it was. <laughs> it, 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 it's meaningless is the point here. Even though it's going to be really cold, let's face it. But I like the defenses here in this game for Green Bay. I mean, to their benefit, generally when they get this far in recent years, the defense has been a real concern, whether it be secondary, whether it be linebacking core, whether it be injury riddle. They've had troubles defensively when they get into the playoffs. This year, pretty steady coming in, and the addition of Jair Alexander coming back. I don't think he's played since week five. Looks like he's going to play here, their best cornerback. And it looks like Zadarius Smith, pass rusher, probably gets in here as well, which would help their defense and their depth for sure. For San Francisco, the good news was Fred Warner and Nick Bosa both get to play here. So I like these defenses. I think that Devontae Adams is the key, obviously, when you're on the other side. If you're the Niners defense, you got to stop him um, from going absolutely crazy. And then I just think it takes on a little bit of a slugfest connotation here in this game. Frisco is going to try and run the football, test Green Bay, work the short passing stuff. And they're going to be rough on the defensive end, on the defensive side for Green Bay to crash. So I thought 47 was too, 47 and a half, excuse me, was too high. I can see this game being lower scoring, like 23-20 variety. 
and cashing us a ticket there. As far as side is concerned, if I had to, boy, the trends are what they are, and it's tough for wildcard teams, but with five and a half, I feel like San Francisco probably would be the way I'd lean. Didn't play it, but I think that's the way I'd look. It has been the recipe for the San Francisco 49ers as well. Uh, guys, 6-1 and one, uh, to the under in their last seven playoff football games. I can see this being that smash mouth type of game. And as I brought up earlier, I get it. They played to an over earlier this year. That was a regular season game. But both these coaches know each other and the offense. Like, basically, essentially, like, Green Bay's offense is kind of just a, a ripoff kind of of what Shanahan's done, right? You know, like they literally run some of the same place, which has also left a bad taste. I guess, like Shanahan's told people behind the scene, you know, you know, Lafleur's kind of, you know, copied a lot of what we, you know, that I came up with. <laughs> but don't worry about it, Kyle. You copied a lot of about what your father came up with. <laughs> so hey, it goes full circle. Um, all right, Rob. Let's get into uh, let's get into the Rams uh, and, and the Bucks game. A lot of the a lot of the people that we have on this week are sort of we've all sort of been on the same sides of, uh, of games. This game is sort of the most split one. It scares me as a Bills fan because everybody loves the Bills that we talk to, but I like the Rams here. And maybe I'm naive, maybe I'm just stupid, maybe I'm stubborn, stupid, and naive, and all of the above. Betting against Tom Brady in a playoff game, I don't want to just you know someone said, oh, you're taking Matt Stafford versus Tom Brady in a playoff game. Good luck with that. Well, not really. I'm taking the L.A. Rams versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I think Stafford, I, you know, Stafford threw four touchdowns against these guys uh, earlier this year. I don't think Stafford is intimidated by that secondary, to be honest uh, with you. I think the Rams are a very confident team coming off the performance that they had. They're a confident team that they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers earlier this year. And you saw how fired up McVay was for that game. And hell, they beat them last year. Uh, when Jared Goff was the quarterback, they went into Tampa and beat them. So from a confidence standpoint, I actually buy in. I think a lot of teams are sort of scared of Brady and they won't admit it. I bought in when I saw Aaron Donald when he was asked about playing the great Tom Brady. Said I respect him, he's great, but you know, past years don't don't matter to me. He goes, This is this is now. And I think the Rams can go in there and beat these guys outright. I really do. Yeah, you know, I think they both have Really different matchups than what we just saw this past weekend, Gabe. And I'll narrow it down to quarterbacks here. You know, Tampa Bay, the asset to that defense is the front seven, and they're great, and their linebacking court in particular that can just roam sideline to sideline, Devin White and company. They cause havoc for a lot of teams, And starting with that Super Bowl last year against Patrick Mahomes. Um, but last week, when Jalen Hurts comes to the line of scrimmage and looks at the defense, he's got no clue what he's reading on the other side. They were no threat to ever throw the football against the Tampa Bay weakness, which is their secondary. Tampa Bay knew it. They brought a safety down. It was end of story. It looked like a um, like Tommy Frazier in Nebraska 95, what Philadelphia was trying to run for an offense last week. Um, this week, though, different story. Cooper Cup, uh, OBJ, Matt Stafford, they can press you downfield. They did it in the first matchup between these teams. I think they can get their share in this particular contest against Tampa Bay. I don't think defense will be easy, even though Bruce Arians is saying his defense is playing lights out. It's a different animal. If I flip that, same exact thing. Kyler Murray walks to the line of scrimmage. You want him walking to the line of scrimmage or reading a defense or Tom Brady? It's a totally different picture. Even though they lost to L.A. earlier this year, Brady threw for 411 yards. Had Chris Godwin, I get it. But my idea is here that 
you know, it, all the talk this week has been Tampa Bay's banged up offensive line, but we do see the center back on the field. We do see Tristan Wurst at practice today. Um, they're going to up-tempo this team, Gabe. Uh, we see it a lot in college football. The way to wear out deep defensive line rotations in college football is to go up-tempo and just make them chase and never let them sack the quarterback, make them pass rush, pass rush, and pass rush. It's what Brady said they would do last week, and they did it successfully, and he'll chew you up in pieces. They don't need 30, 40-yard chunks. They'll use the short passing game, and they may wear Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and company out um, without ever touching Tom Brady in this one. It's a smart guy who knows where the ball's going before he even takes the snap. So I think Tampa Bay is going to get theirs as well. And if Leonard Fournette does play to add to that offense, even better. This 48 number is just sitting there, still as could be all week long. And to me, this game is going to find its way up in over 50. We have three games here this week out of four that weather is no effect on. This one in particular, because it's in Tampa, no effect on the game should help the uh, offenses here. I think both defenses, although they're being bragged about, they're going to get picked on in this game. We saw, what do we see, 34-24 the first time, 58 points. I could see something similar range, Gabe, so give me over 48. Rob, uh, we've got about a minute and a half or two left. Let's talk about the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs on the way out. Everybody loves the Bills here. I'm a lifelong diehard Bills fan, (laughs) so that concerns me a little bit. But speaking of the total here, I don't see how this game isn't just back and forth. Like, I've, you know, it wouldn't shock me if it was 41-38, 38-35. You know, it's 31-27 is sort of as low as I'll go on this. I think it gets there. Am I being just too obvious about this? And what about the Buffalo Bills being down to one and a half uh, right now? What's your opinion on this football game? Uh, I think it's the toughest side to pick, really. Um, because Buffalo has every opportunity to walk in and win, and Kansas City at home, been there, done that. So I I find it hard to bet against either side, but I'm with you on total game. And I'll just say this real quick, because we're short time. First game hit 58 points, 38-20. If I take Buffalo's pick six out of there, they score 31. They won the turnover margin 4-0 in that game, and they didn't really capitalize on the turnovers. I mean, they only scored seven points off four turnovers. A lot of points left on the table by the Bills and for KC. That game was played when they were a turnover mess, driving up and down the field every single week and turning it over inside team's 25-yard line. They did it twice in this game on the 8 and the 15 of Buffalo when they should have had points. Game still got to 58, so I don't see how it doesn't get over 54 here. And as a Bills fan, I'll just leave you with this because this is my biggest factor for the game. You know, when, when he got hurt against New Orleans seven weeks ago, Tredavious White on the corner for Buffalo. At the time, real time, it was, oh, my God, chicken little sky is falling. No way Buffalo can make it through the playoffs. without. No one's even noticed he's been gone Yeah, that, so far. That's exactly the point, right? Nobody, and t- nobody knows he's missing because they haven't faced anybody. The only team they faced in those last seven weeks that could throw the football was Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay threw for 331 and scored 33 points against them. So I think he gets that spot gets exposed a little bit here by KC, which leads to points. The, the, the other side, I don't think they're stopping Josh Allen either. So I'm with you. I'm on the over train here, um, over 54. And I'd pull the trigger on Josh Allen. Rush yard uh, prop over as well. Rushing yards over Josh Allen. Time always flies by when you're on with us, Rob. Enjoy the games. May the winners be yours. We'll catch up with you next week. It's always a pleasure, my man. All right, buddy. Thanks for having me. Have a good weekend. Rob Vino, robvinosports.com. You can follow him on Twitter at uh, robvinosports. And, of course, wagertalk.com, the late-night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 7. My trip to South Dakota was the best summer ever. Now I don't need to go to Mars. Because I've been to the Badlands. And I caught a bigger walleye than Dad when we went to the Missouri River. Then I rode my bike through these huge rocks called needles. Ooh, I also saw my first herd of bison, even a fuzzy furry baby one. I can't wait to go back and see more. There's so much South Dakota. So little time. Maybe I'll go down to the track, put it all on a horse. Why don't you put it in the bank? Bank? This is found money. I want to parlay it. I want to make a big score. Oh, you mean you want to lose it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks, Mean Gene. The Late Night Anger Man's request. This is Sports Rage. I am Renzi Football and Fighting Friday. Let's do this thing. Thanks to Rob Vino for kicking it with us. Always uh, cool with uh, with Rob uh, breaking it down. We got Tony Finn going to be joining us from Area 51. Countdown to kickoff uh, is on. You know, we try to get as many different opinions on the program as we can throughout the week, and you can make up your own mind. Uh, If you're smart, you'll just listen to me and kill it. So, look, last week we did crush it, although pretty much everybody crushed it last week in the NFL playoffs. Everything kind of played to form. Is it, you know, it seems to be, it's a little trickier this week. It is and it isn't. History seems to repeat itself in the NFL all the time in the divisional rounds in the playoffs. We talk about point spreads not mattering. Home teams are 13-3, and three, last 16 divisional round games. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals have never won a road playoff game uh, before in franchise history. So a lot of trends, right? You know, Matt LaFleur, 9-0 and straight up, and against the spread, coming off a loss. But let's let's start to uh, get into some real substance uh, here. I am on the Tennessee Titans. I am on the Titans. I can live with with I can live with teasing the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't think that the Titans are going to smoke them. But the thing is, if you tease the Bengals, like if they they could lose by eleven and then you lose right at plus ten and a half. I just you know I would rather just be on on the home team here. I think people underestimate the Tennessee Titans. I think people underestimate Ryan Tannehill. They under they underestimate everything about the 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 the, the team. They do. It's like they, they don't get the same type of attention as every other team in, in, in the playoffs do. And even look at their odds. Right? I mean look look at the odds to win the Super Bowl. Right? They are the they are the sixth choice, but they're the, the one seed. Like, they're actually, they're arguably the most disrespected one seed ever, to be honest. Now, I guess I would say one thing, if we're going pros and cons here, there's one thing about Tennessee that we can't deny. They play in a crap-ass division, 
right? They play the Jacksonville Jaguars. They play the Houston Texans, and they beat the Colts twice. The Colts were decent, but obviously the Colts weren't great in the end when it was all said and done. But they did, you know what I mean? They did sort of, you know, they do play in a bad division. But, yes, they play in a bad division. But that's the thing about the Indianapolis, uh, about like the, um, you know, the Indianapolis Colts. Indianapolis Colts, oh, nobody wants to play them. Oh, they're dangerous. No, oh, oh boy, oh, wow, wow, look at them. What, you mean the team the Titans beat twice? Like, how come the Colts were always dangerous, right? The Colts were always dangerous somehow, but the Titans aren't, right? Like, if, if we go look, look at the games this week, Joe Burrow, it's a Joe Burrow love fest, all right? Put the kid in the Hall of Fame already. It's like Martindale said. Put, yeah, put him in the Hall of Fame. Give, give him a jacket already. I mean, we, that's the way we talk about him. That's the way we, you know, we treat this kid. Put, put him in the Hall of Fame right now, right? So, like, Cincinnati, you know, gets a ton of, ton of media love, a ton of everybody loves them and this and that. Green Bay Packers, well, whatever, man. You can't turn on a TV, radio, computer, pick up a newspaper without something, seeing something about Aaron Rodgers and how great he is in the Packers. The San Francisco 49ers get talked about a lot, although Jimmy G does get criticized a lot, but they get talked about all the time. God knows they get talked about here every night. Our chat room, you think we're in the Bay Area. You know, the Rams, Rams, you know, a lot of talk about the Rams, a lot of hype about the Rams. Tom Brady this, Tom Brady that. People are ready to give the Vince Lombardi trophy to the Buffalo Bills right now, and then we've got Mahomes. Like, out of all these teams, like, remaining right now, the Tennessee Titans are the least discussed team. They're the most disrespected team. Now, listen, I can, you can make an argument that Kansas City are being disrespected, actually, because they're only one-and-a-half-point favorites against the Buffalo Bills. Right, so with the, with the Chiefs' pedigree, I can live with that argument actually. But you understand what I'm talking about when it comes to when it comes to the respect factor here, as far as the uh, the Titans are concerned, they just don't get any. Now they are getting some from the odds maker, and that's why they're three and a half point favorites in this game, and it's not three. They're aware, but if you look at the body of work, so as I stated, all right, so Tennessee. Tennessee playing a bad division, but every time they stepped up and they played against good teams, so as we stated, you know, the Colts were a good team until they fell apart late, right? They beat the Colts twice. Right? The Tennessee Titans played the Kansas City Chiefs. They beat them 27-3. They played the Buffalo Bills. They beat the Bills 34-31. They played the San Francisco 49ers. They beat the Niners 20-17. Like, you want to talk about getting it done against good teams and making a statement. I mean, what what about the statement that they made? Um, what about the statement game against the Rams, in which they beat the Rams down? Does he notice a common pattern here? All these good playoff teams all got their ass handed to them by by the Tennessee Titans. So the Niners lost by three, Rams lost by twelve, double digits, and the um, the, ten, they, the the Titans beat the, the Chiefs by twenty four. See, you get, you know, you see, you sense a pattern here? Oh, yeah, maybe the, maybe the, maybe the Tennessee Titans are a pretty good football team. All right, the Florida Panthers just beat the Vancouver Canucks uh, in a shootout. 2 1 final score. It's okay. We cast the ticket plus one and a half. And the other, there's a lot of talk this week, too, about, um, about Derrick Henry. 
and oh, he's going to be, uh, you know, what's he going to look like? He hasn't played in a while, and oh, he's going to be on a, you know, he's going to be on a pitch count, and you know, carry limit, limit, carry limit his carries and all that type stuff. I don't know. I could be wrong, but I'm not buying in. I'm not buying in. I believe that if Derrick Henry's playing, Derrick Henry's going to be stiff-arming people, running people over, and scoring touchdowns and racking up the yards. And in fact, I think there's value with Derrick Henry. You know, we talked about Mike Vrabel. Like, you know, like I said, man, Mike Vrabel was on the New England Patriots, right, when they won Super Bowls. Right, so Vrabel was on the Patriots, except he's not like a, he's not a Belichick guy. Right, I see this, you know, sometimes you'll see that, oh, he's a Bill Belichick, uh, you know, tree or guy type thing. No, he's not. He played for the Patriots. He never coached for them. Right, he never, you know what I mean? He didn't. He's not like he's Belichick's buddy or anything and he joined the staff or anything like that. Right, he's his own man. He just happened to play for the New England Patriots. But Vrabel, Vrabel's been around the league a long time. Look, I was in Houston for the Super Bowl when the uh, New England Patriots played Jake DeLome and the Carolina Panthers, and I remember I interviewed Mike Vrabel. And, like, he was a player, and he was a super cool dude then. So he was a player then, and look, you know what I mean? This guy's been around a lot. He's played in big games. He's coached in big games. The Titans are just a talented football team. I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? You know, people talk about Derrick Henry all the time. A.J. Brown's a badass. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is a super, super great athlete and a damn good quarterback. Their offensive line is healthier. Now, so as far as Derrick Henry's concerned, we'll get to his props. Let's go in order here. We're going to start off with the quarterbacks. Let's start off with the quarterbacks here. I do think there's going to be points put up on the board. I'm hyping up Tennessee here, but it doesn't mean I don't think Cincinnati you're going to get shut out because I don't. I think Cincinnati will be able to score some touchdowns in this game. That's why I'm betting the over 47 and a half. Now, I don't think it's a I don't think it's like getting into the 60s type of deal. I think it's going to get, you know, into the low 50s, you know, type thing. 51, 52, 53, etc., maybe 54. But I think it's going to get there. But I like the um so let's let's start off with the quarterback props here. Joe Burrow's 278 and a half passing yards. Ryan Tannehill is is 238 and a half. One thing I'll tell you as an experienced prop player is with passing yard with the quarterbacks, you're better off waiting. This is that that's a great in-game opportunity. Right? Especially if a team gets down, they have to throw the football. You know, the yards, it's tough. It's a playoff game. Someone could pop a big run. I would lean with the over with Burrow at 278 and a half, but it's you know what I mean if, if it was two fifty-eight and a half or two sixty-two or something, I'd jump all over it. But it's a sharp number. So as far as the the passing yards are concerned for both quarterbacks. Yeah, as you guys know, when you tune in in-game live, I love the uh, the passing yard prop for for quarterbacks in-game. The yards. But I like to see it play out first and see the scenario, and then we hammer it. Now, this is what we do like here as far as the, uh, the touchdown passes are concerned. Listen, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow is a, um, you know, the kid's a stud. He's a stop machine, and... He's going to throw more than one and a half touchdown passes tomorrow. Look, he threw two touchdown passes against uh, the Raiders last week. He threw four touchdown passes against Kansas City. 
Right, he threw four touchdown passes against Baltimore. He threw one against Denver, and then he threw two against San Francisco. He's gone over one and a half touchdown passes in four of his last five football games. And I do believe they will be playing from behind in this game, and he's going to have to throw. Like I said, I like the, I like the Burrow over one and a half touchdown passes. I'm, I'm, I'm playing it. I'm playing uh, the, the Burrow over one and a half touchdown passes. Now, we told you about Boyd. Boyd. Boyd actually has a touchdown in four consecutive games, and you're getting it at, like, plus 270. I, you know, you can't, I mean, you look at Tennessee, they're going to be dialed up on Jamar Chase, even though they are, and we'll get to Chase. I like Chase's, um, I like Chase's receptions over. I like Chase's receptions over, but I think there's more value with Boyd to score the touchdown. Now, as far as Ryan Tannehill is concerned, listen, he threw four touchdowns against the Houston uh, Texans in the last game of the year. He threw two touchdowns the week before in the 34-3 route over to Miami Dolphins. Let's not forget, too, the Dolphins were on a seven-game win streak then, right? Remember the Dolphins repeating everybody and they're on a seven-game win streak? Yeah, they went into Tennessee and they lost 34-3. Same team to beat uh, Kansas City 27-3. Same team to beat the Bills on Monday Night Football. Like, Tennessee are just underappreciated. But as far as Tannehill is concerned, I don't think he's going to throw four touchdowns. I don't think he's going to throw three. He could end up with one, but no, I think he ends up with two. I think Tannehill ends up with two. I'm going to go over one and a half touchdown passes for both quarterbacks. You got to lay some juice for Burrow, and you're getting some. Uh, you're getting plus money with Tannehill. Both over one and a half. Right, both over one and a half touchdown passes. As far as the, as far as uh, Derrick Henry is concerned, Derrick Henry's rushing yard prop, guys. Like it's, there were some games, it was like 119 and a half. Like before, it was like 111 and a half, 108 and a half. Like, I mean, it was like you were getting value when it was 103 and a half, 106 and a half, et cetera. Derrick Henry's rush yard prop right now is 79 and a half. I think this is, like I said, this is the, this is the definition of gambling. None of us are doctors. Right? It's all speculation. You can make the argument to yourself that, oh, he hasn't played in forever. And that, oh, he's just going to be on a limited carry count and all that. I will counter and say, no, this guy could have played three weeks ago. He's Derek freaking Henry. He's going to get the rock, and he's going to run people over. He's going to go over his rushing yard prop, 79 and a half, and he's going to score a touchdown. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 7. My trip to South Dakota was the best summer ever. 
Now I don't need to go to Mars because I've been to the Badlands. And I caught a bigger walleye than Dad when we went to the Missouri River. Then I rode my bike through these huge rocks called needles. Ooh, I also saw my first herd of bison, even a fuzzy furry baby one. I can't wait to go back and see more. There's so much South Dakota, so little time. Three-minute warning. Level one. The Friday Night Freak Show, Football and Fighting Friday. I am Gabriel Morenci, Sirius XM Channel 159, the Mightier 1090, ESPN Radio. Tony Finn will join us in Level 2. We've got a lot more picks, props uh, to get to. We'll get into UFC 270 as well. So we talked about the um, the passing touchdown prop. I think I'm going to take both quarterbacks to go over one and a half. I think they're both capable of scoring. Um, both teams are capable of putting up three, four touchdowns in this game. I said, I sort of, I think this game's going to be like 30 to 23, 30 to 20, you know, 31, 24, 30 to 23 in that, in that range where it's going to, doesn't sail over the number, but it's going to go over the number, right? I think it's going to hit like 51 to 54, et cetera. Like we said, Joe Burrow has thrown over one and a half touchdown passes in four of his last five football games. Uh, Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill has thrown more than one and a half in the last two and three three of his last four. I mean, you think about you know, Derrick Henry. Yeah, Derrick Henry should score a touchdown, right? Is he going to score two? All right, Derrick Henry can score two, and Tannehill could still throw for two touchdown passes. There's 28 points. So both, both quarterbacks to go over one and a half touchdown passes. We are, and I said this earlier, it, this is, the, like I said, it's the definition of gambling. You know, we don't know. We haven't seen Derrick Henry play in a long time. So people, I think people, like you know, people seem to think that, you know, I, I noticed this with Naganu and Cyril gone, in which they act like Naganu is like 72 years old. He hasn't fought in forever or something like that. And same thing. Oh, I don't know about Derrick Henry. I don't know about Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry could have played weeks ago. He didn't have to. He could have played weeks ago. Right? And people think, if you think they're splitting carries, that if Derrick Henry's healthy, you think they're going to be splitting carries and they're going to hold him back, then, you know, I don't know. Then don't bet, you know, then bet, bet the under. Well, you're, I'm not doing your money. I'm going over 79 and a half rush yards. I think it's too late. Bring it. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 5. South Dakota seemed like the perfect place to unplug. But I ended up connecting to the world around me. A world where each sunset was painted, where I felt adventures pulse with every step, and where cold water trickling, pine swaying, and grunting bison became my favorite soundtracks. I just wish I didn't have to leave. There's so much South Dakota, so little time.